This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Standing in the rain With his head hung low Couldn't get a ticket It was a sold-out show Everybody, Ben and Woods, 97.3 The Fan. Great to be here with you. He sounds very strained in that uh, in that song. That is Jukebox Hero from Foreigner. And he's, like, very, very strained. Maybe one take. He says, I got one in me. And now you're going to get the best one. <laughs> right? It's our Tuesday open now. Yeah, I know. I mean, it's... Um... Very high register. Yeah. Yeah. He had one guitar. Very difficult to sing. Very difficult. Just take those old records <laughs> off the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> my, my kryptonite is <laughs> that song. It's just terrible. Uh, good morning, everybody. <laughs> let's get our uh, let's get our heads right as we can. Uh, to be honest with you, I'm Woodsy. That's Paul Rindle. He's our executive producer, imaging director, and uh, well. I'm YouTube director, I think, and uh, we can tell just a little bit of that story here in a moment. Uh, I'd like to give Polly a little praise. Benjamin Higgins, friendly neighborhood sports anchor, joins us as well. Good morning, Benjamin. Good morning. Is uh, it a good morning? I thought it was going to be a good morning, and then I walked in, and Wood seemed to be a little... Nonplussed? Yeah, a little agitated. Not in your normal zen state as you walked in. Something bothering you, my friend. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, I mean, I don't really want to talk about it because I'm afraid to lose my job, but I'll, I will if you, if, you know, if you think it'll help the show. You start I the show every morning with get your head right. I can't. We can't. And we have to get your head right, right before we get started this morning. We have to work through this, and then we can move on. I'm tackle it, and then move past it. And be better for it. I think that you just want me to melt down, as I've been melting down in here for the last 40 minutes or so. Uh, Then that way you can have the Ben Higgins show that you've always craved. It's just you. (laughs) I'm out. I'm so irritated. It's totally not fair. I don't want the Ben Higgins show. Well, I mean, I want you here. Right. If they want to call it the Ben Higgins show, that's fine. (laughs) with special guests, <laughs> Woodsy and Paul. Um, you, uh, fantastic cast member. Yeah. I mean, fantastic. Sidekick. Sidekick. I get it. Yeah, I'm a little, uh, as I mentioned yesterday, right around this time. No, it was later in the show, actually. I talked about uh, <clears throat> talked about the uh, act of doing my expense report over the weekend. It's never my favorite thing to do. Um, it's kind of a beating, you know, you have to take pictures of the receipts, email them to yourself, upload them into your computer, upload them into the system. You put it all, all in. There's always an error message. You got to go back and fix, add, add attendee. Okay. Paul Rindle was with me at dinner. I, I don't think I've ever successfully no. on the first try. Never once. Completed one without one like red flag. Right. Like, oh, you don't have the, you need a receipt for this one. Correct. I didn't get a receipt for that one. They don't send receipts for everything anymore. It's all digital. I don't have that one. Yep. And then you have to write a separate note as to why you don't have the receipt. Every single time it gets flagged and pushed back. I submitted like six things. They all had errors. I had to go back and fix them. It took me It took me an uh, inordinate amount of time. I think time. people can relate yeah. to that that have to do travel for their job or just even local expenses that need to be reimbursed by their company. So <clears throat> I, I got a phone call from Adam yesterday. I knew I would. And Adam was questioning my mileage. So I explained to him. I took my car in. I took my car in, and I looked at the pamphlet that said, you know, X number of miles. Then I took the mileage of when I pulled into my driveway from our trip, and I subtracted them. And that was my mileage. That's what I I put in. And now that accounts for driving to work, then driving to Arizona, then driving to here, and then driving to there. And Paulie and I went to the store, and we went to Dick's, and we went to the facility every day. Then we left the facility, and we went to Explicit. Then we So instead of going into Google and saying, how far was it from Airbnb to Explicit Strip Club? That's 17 miles. Okay, now times two. That's 34. I just subtracted the number, put it in. So Adam red flagged me on that, calls me. So I talked to him, and I said, look, this is what I did. I go, hey, man. Do you, you feel know- like your drive to a strip club is something that this corporation <laughs> should be paying for? Did I use my personal automobile? You did. Then but you yes. used your personal automobile for a lot of things. Yeah, but this was a work trip. You would have used your personal automobile. Let's say we had gone to the strip club here instead of Yeah, I wouldn't, I wouldn't bang you there. I wasn't you- on a work trip. You wouldn't have done it. No, we were going out. It was a work trip. This was all work, okay. right? All right. So all right. <clears throat> we did get a lot of content we did. from it. But we get content from everything we do all day long. I mean, look, if you're arguing that we should be paid for our mileage here, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say you're wrong. <laughs> Bro, I just put my car in the shop, it cost me twenty five hundred bucks the day before, right? I put that car through a beating to go to and from, to and from. Now it's a great gig, fine. But listen. 
I make money here. I do well. I'm not trying to nickel and dime the company for $75, right? If You, you pay what you're comfortable with. But here's my, my issue. So I wake up this morning, check my email. <sighs> Get an email from the... Adam approved it. Michael approved it. Then it goes to corporate or whatever. Corporate sends back, hey, we need the receipt that says the actual total from the nights you stayed in the Airbnb. And I don't have that because <clears throat> we went out for seven days. I only banged the company for five days because that the two days we went out, that was not – I'll eat that. That you, was vacation yeah. on top of a work trip. You don't have to pay for those. So I sent in the total. Now they need – Another receipt. So I'm it listen, what's the opposite of padded expenses? Unpadded expenses, right? <laughs> Deflated. Deflated <laughs> expenses. The expenses I submitted are a fraction of what I actually spent. That's what bugs me. We went out went out to we took our coaches to dinner. We all pay, a guy put it on his credit card, we paid him cash. I didn't hit the company for that money. That was a work meal, but I didn't charge you for that. Right here's what I hate. I hate nickel and dimers. It, that's what it boils down to. Ben, this could be uh, an argument between you and me. This could be an argument between me and my wife, except I would never do that to my wife. And my wife wouldn't do that to me. We get, I've never seen my wife's finances. Never once. Don't know how much she has in her account. Don't care. I grew up in that fashion. I don't want it for my life. And we get 75 Amazon packages a day. Never once have I said, well, those packages are stacking up. Never. I don't nickel and dime. I don't like to be nickel and dime. Does it make a difference in anybody's mind? And I'm not saying it should or it shouldn't. But is this a trip that is assigned by your company? Or is this a trip that you want to do that the company says, we can make that happen for you. And you're since you're working while you're there, we'll also reimburse you for some of your expenses. But this is really a a Woods and Paul fantasy camp trip that work is helping facilitate. You'd be a really good general manager one day. Yeah. I mean, okay, my answer to you is this. Does any other radio station in town have this content? No, it's a great trip. Exclusive exclusive content. Here's what it's going to come down to, right? I don't, I don't, again, the expenses I turned in were not, even a close to what I actually spent out of my own pocket. I know that's, that's the true. thing that I do, I do know that's that's true. the thing that drives me nuts. The Paulie and I went and bought groceries. I'm not going to charge you for the groceries we bought. You know, the, we ate breakfast in the place. I'm not going to charge you for that raisin brand. That's on me. I got it. But now you're going to nickel and dime me. Trip to the ATM for that stack of ones that you pulled out at Explicit. Correct. Is that on the no. expense report? Absolutely no, absolutely not. Okay. <clears throat> absolutely not. So I it's. The nickel and diming is what makes me – it literally – it's my number one pet peeve. And I'm not saying like – like they have to do that. They have to ask about stuff like that and whatever. But it's now I got to go – I got to call somebody in corporate today and go, no, here's what I did. I took the total. I divided it by seven and I subtracted two nights and I gave you the, the rest. Ultimately, unfortunately, there are people – exploit the system, that the pad there – expenses that take advantage of their companies and because of that the rest of us have to account for every little cent with every single receipt the whole time so what you've done now though you know what you've done now oh boy you know what you've done now now you've poked the bear because now what the bear's gonna do when he goes to spring training i'm getting you for everything every red you're george clooney in that movie 
what, what's it called? Up in the air? What's the one where he's the guy who goes and fires people yeah. and lives on his expense count yeah. and travels and yeah. everything's documented? He probably knows exactly to the dollar everything every, he can spend every every day and spends the maximum to make sure that he gets the most back from his company. Every <laughs> red cent. All of it. Starbucks. The thing about Fantasy Camp is great because they feed you breakfast, they feed you lunch, sometimes even dinner. We had pizza that one night. You don't have, you don't have to pay for that, right? So <clears throat> now I'm going to go and be like, what do I have to spend for dinner? 25 bucks? Cool. I'll get it and throw it out the window. <laughs> I mean, this, if this is the game that we're going to play, then I will play it. And I'm going to play it like the pettiest dude around. Bro, again, I got my expenses back. I go, yeah, I spent twice that. You know, seriously. Twice that. So that's what bums me out. It's not Adam's fault. It's not Michael's fault. It's just the way that, that businesses are run. But, like, next time, Paulie, take a picture of me handing $60 over to the guy. I'm like, here, you want my receipt? There's my receipt. 60 bucks cash for dinner. Company dinner. Work dinner. So, yeah, I'm a little nonplussed. I'm by scared the... about our spring training trip. Oh, now. you wait. Just you wait. I'm just scared you if want you get out there. You got it. <laughs> so, Yeah. Oh, <laughs> nothing's included in spring training. Nothing. They don't feed you a damn thing. You can't grab a bagel, get a water. yogurt, no, a water, anything. No, ben, no, no. ben now learned what we've gone through every year. You go out in January, you get your run of the place. You can walk into the cafeteria anytime you want, grab some breakfast, trainer's some room, room, do whatever you want. Right into the clubhouse anytime you want. Paulie, hop on into the trainer's room, get some more Getting done. a taste of how the other half lives is the worst thing you, you can possibly You are not wrong. Sim- simply have. broadcasting indoors, indoors at Fantasy Camp. Yeah. Uh, you, it ain't going to be like that next month. Feasibly. Feasibly. I could walk in my underwear from the locker room to the kitchen and grab a <laughs> chocolate milk and walk back in my underwear with no shirt. Try nobody that. Think the other. Nobody thinks any of the, you know, anything's sideways. Try that <laughs> next month when we go to spring training, if I'm still allowed to go. Actually, we please do that? Yeah, please do that. <laughs> Our newest dare. Holy cow, man. It is. It's just a. I, I'm a guy. You guys know me. Pretty generous guy. Paid for a lot of stuff out of pocket. I paid for a ton of stuff out of pocket for this show. I'm not going to nickel and dime me over stuff. All I ask is you don't nickel and dime me in return. I know that's probably, you know, not the way that most corporations do it. But it just it really uh, ruffles my feathers. My feathers are extremely, extremely ruffled. I feel like I have to go in front of a board now and be like, well, here's the evidence. Here's four meals I didn't charge you for. Here's groceries I didn't charge you There's for. Someone's job is to make sure that expenses somewhere don't get out of control. Sure. And they have to justify their job. And I helped them by paying a lot of stuff right. out of pocket. But they have to justify their job by questioning just oh. about everything. Because if... If their job is to manage expenses and they just say, you know what, I'm sure it's fine, they're not really doing their job anymore, so they might as well just let them go. Right, well, so someone s- has to justify their employment with the company. Where do you see the uh, spring training? <laughs> what was the, what's our limit for dinner? 25 bucks? I'm spending twenty four ninety nine every dinner. How much is that? And if, if I find one that adds up perfect... I'm gonna go there. Every I, there's people who travel for work. That's that's the game for them. Like, how can they get the most out of their their expenses every single trip? My man Dan just nailed it. He just nailed it in the chat. You know what this is? You just put one of your top performing pitchers. We're in arbitration now, <laughs> and you've called me in in arbitration, and you are. <laughs> You are raking me over the coals. Are you and no I, longer coming in for four-out saves, Woods? Never. Never again. 
I have. I just <laughs> delivered you guys a Cy Young caliber season, and you've now called me into arbitration over some miles and some hotel or Airbnb. I can see, you can see now why these baseball players absolutely loathe the arbitration process because this is the process I'm in right now. Dan nailed it. That's exactly what it feels. Makes like. me feel good that the Padres never go to arbitration yeah. with their players. Hundred percent, even yeah. if it costs them a little extra in the long run. <sighs> smart move. Smart. That's How smart does that business. Not damage those relationships. It's a smart. It's smart business. I am. Um, I am dying to know what answer you gave. I'm assuming this was Bo who asked the question. It was last night. Yep. You tweeted it out. What the question was. I am dying to know what Woods's answer was to the question. We'll get to that coming up. Uh, we will get into. Uh, oh, I mean, obviously, I was hoping the Padres might make a move yesterday. Instead, the Dodgers. Dodgers made, made move one. Yeah, it's super cool. Last <laughs> night, and the Pirates. You know, they're Pirates? they're signing people yep. for eight figure deals, but. You know, we're still kind of quiet over here. We'll update you on baseball. Had a uh, a remarkable night in the NBA last night. I don't know if Woods cares, but it was historic. Uh, we can get into a little bit of that if you want. It's playoff week, conference championship week in football. Aztecs play tonight. Get into all of that coming up. But the answer to Bo's question coming up next after a check of traffic. Good Tuesday morning. Hopefully it's a little nicer out there. It's still a little drizzly on our way to work. Nothing like yesterday, though. Man! Was that crazy yesterday? Let's see how it's looking on the roadways with Kelly. Get started here on a Tuesday with Ben and Woods. Good morning to you on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us, and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. Sometimes the uh, music just works out that way. This is a blizzard of 77. We had the flood of 24 yesterday. We were going to talk about um, the question I was asked by my six-year-old, but I, we did get shamed by Glenn on Twitter. And he's right. I, he said, complaining about expense reports, San Diego's in a state of emergency. Glenn, you're right. I was wanted to wait till later in the show. In my like, bad. In, I, in like a, I forced you to talk about it. Well, in like a more prime-timey type deal to get more ears on maximum exposure yeah but glenn ultimately you're right san diego uh was underwater yesterday and you know we were texting each other yesterday about how we could help you know we got a platform here uh paulie came up with a great idea we've i've already seen a couple of people lose uh things and one guy's car was underwater uh yesterday outside of his apartment complex we had a guy that uh, we interviewed on channel 10 who had a baseball card collection from his youth that oh, he had been collecting no, his whole life no, in his no, garage. Dude. 
And it you got completely destroyed. You got to get that out of there. I know. Yeah, I felt what to can be, you do he was, work, though? Or yeah, what do you do? crying, and I felt so bad for the guy. Yeah, I mean, and that's Because sucks. you can't really <clears throat> replace no. that. It's not, it's not something even like insurance or no. monetary donations can replace. Odyssey would probably cover it, though, if I had to guess. <laughs> it's, They'd probably cover it, for it's, sure. It's the time you put in... It's the personal memories of each card that yeah. you collected. There's just no way to replace that. And I felt so bad How for old that was guy. He? he was probably in his like 50s. That's oh, terrible, now. man. And, you know, it, it, look, somebody hears that and goes, well, baseball card collection. I understand. That to him is was as valuable as anything he has. I understand there's people, their homes I'm are sure flooded. that person's happy to be <clears throat> alive safe and safe and, and dry. And, of course. Yeah. And, and then there was Still this, sucks, though. There was this woman uh, who lived down in Shelltown, and her whole house was flooded. She said, pretty much everything is destroyed. But she said, you know what? We all got out okay. We're all safe. We're all healthy. We can replace everything. Yeah. And that's what's really important. She said it with a smile on her face. And it was like... I mean, there's no wrong or right reaction to, you know, devastation and what was going on, but it is interesting how how people just handle things, you know, differently. My and heart it, was just breaking yeah. left and right yesterday watching the news coverage of everything going on. I had the news on. They were in National City, and they were just kind of following this woman wading through three feet of water to find her car, she goes, it, that's my house. It was parked right no there. No way. It washed away. It moved 12 houses down Holy into smokes. somebody's backyard and crashed into their house. Dude, yeah. I, and she's on FaceTime with uh, a relative or a friend, like, I'm trying to find my car. And they're just following her. And then how many people went to work in the morning and didn't know what they were coming home to? Sure. An entire house flooded. Personal belongings destroyed. Maybe your pets freaked out and and got out of the house and they're lost. It was just awful. Yeah, there were, I, I saw a lot of pets um, p- got out. It's just a, it was a really really sad they had day. To shut down the trolley line downtown. It but was it, flooded. If you have, <clears throat> if you know somebody, right, um, or or if you yourself were affected and you have like an Amazon list, anything that we can do to help blast it out to our audience, to uh, our social media following, whatever. Please, please feel free to tweet us. Tag us in an Instagram tag story. Us. Tag us on Twitter. We'll share it. We'll do everything we can uh, to help to help as many people as we can, certainly. And um, if you try to scam anybody and it's a fake and we find out, you're dead. You're dead. You're yeah. dead. Yeah. yeah, they'll come after you. That's, I'll our, just, I'll that's, that's all I'm saying about that. Put the Odyssey investigators on it. I'm sure they'll, <laughs> they'll get to the bottom of it. Um, but no, it was a terrible, terrible. I got. I was a little nervous about driving home, and I just kept it. I kept it Ben Higgins style, man. I went fifty miles an hour the whole way home. I was sliding all over the freeway uh, as well on the on the drive home. But there was no traffic. That was the weird part. Everybody, at least at call it ten thirty a.m., everybody was kind of following the rules, going slow in their own lanes, and, and it was forty five up the entire yeah. fifteen freeway. Wow. Was, that, the whole stereotype that San Diegans can't drive in the they, rain they is it always true. They I mean, actually can drive like in the rain. Four accidents. I had less traffic yesterday, traffic, than I normally do. Yeah, it went slower, but yeah. Yeah, there wasn't there wasn't actually backups or anything on our freeway drive home. Yeah, please uh please let us know what we can do uh to help. Please let us know if you have again if you have a list or anything like that. 
we are happy to help. We want to help. Uh, we are. It's imperative that we help. Well, we. You know what we can do when we go to spring training. We'll pad our expenses and then yeah, donate. You can have the money. Donate the extra to flood victims here in San Diego. You mean continue to pad our expenses? <laughs> oh God, I'm hot mad about it. But uh, it's just I, I saw yesterday, like National City, man. It just oh. was just awful. Awful, awful, awful. So I think all the people downtown, they had to move like all of the homeless shelters yep. around, like out of where they normally are because it was just completely flooded. Uh, my inches. wife was telling me In that National City. the Three. trolley line down there was like damaged beyond repair. It's going to take a long time to get Oof. that all figured out. It was underwater. Now, I guess the good news is, is that it's not going to continue. That yesterday was the worst of it, allegedly. Today's going to be fine. I, I guess. Yeah, the rest I, of the well, week should be good. Be beautiful, uh, actually. Golf tournament should be fine. Right, that's the priorities. Well, I mean, it's a big of, event you know, in San Diego. God, the golf tournament. You want the good weather. Good news, everybody. Yeah, Ben's experience the, at Torrey the, Pines the, is not weekend. going to get ruined. The farmers will it's, go on. It's a major event that draws thousands of people to town. You would like those things to go on without major weather interruptions. <laughs> And no, you would. You like. would. They could move it up to Carson uh, if they had to then. <laughs> um, I did see, though, the term forecast, like early February. A lot of rain again, they're thinking. Well, it's Another El Nino this year, right? Storm systems so moving in like again. So is this like kind of the so, first wave? Yeah, of... we may not be done for the winter. Okay. We're well, just done for this particular storm system. I, I mean, I saw guys yesterday, sand, you know, sandbags everywhere over. I went to pick up the kids from school and was driving through. This kind of back road of Encinitas. I mean, there's guys sandbagging their driveway and stuff. So, seeing people climb out of the windows of their cars, just be, you know, swimming out of their windows of their homes. It's always important to, to, be as prepared as you can be. You can't, but you're not going to beat the elements. You know what I mean? The elements will eventually get you. Um, I've, I've heard stories. My dad used to tell me stories of his aunt and uncle up in upstate New York, uh, a little town called Oswego, where they would get 14 feet of snow, like in a day. And you open your front door and it's as, as high as you can go. It's just a white wall around your home. And you do that 10, 12 winters in a row. The roof starts to cave in. I mean, it can't support the weight. It can't. There's Mother Nature will always win. So do your best that you can. Um, renters insurance. Somebody said in the uh, in the chat. Great time to check on that through AAA. They actually cover collectibles and things like that, Benny, as well. So, man, it is. Um, you do the best you can, and and I'm glad you guys brought that up because if more of this stuff is coming. We should all be, you know, make it a point to be a little bit more prepared. So uh, yesterday, it was the wettest January day on record <laughs> at the San Diego airport. It says over four inches of rain was recorded just uh, northeast of downtown San Diego. And oh, I believe the fourth rainiest day in the history of San Diego, according Good. to Megan Perry last night. She got... She actually kind of got excited. I heard her in the yeah. – she was like, oh, we just two, – two more hundredths of an inch. We just moved into fourth place all time. And I'm going, you're watching this like a sporting event. Well, it's, she it's, said, well, at this point, there's been so much rain, you might as well set some records. San Diego and weather, it's a thing. I mean, my, my, you know, my late father-in-law was very, very into the weather. I mean, massively, massively into the weather. And it for them – this is their. This you're right. This is their Super Bowl. This is what they live for. Uh, but please be safe out there. Please be careful. Uh, if you need anything, please let us know. We are happy to help. Our boss did uh, weigh in on the chat. Said he will be uh, auditing the strip club mileage. Now he needs to consider sending Annie and Elston instead of Ben and Woods to spring training. <laughs> well, I'll, I'll consider them warned about their expenses. <laughs> 
I want to, uh, when we come back, I want to talk about the Padres bullpen. Well, actually, that's a lie. It's the only thing you really can talk about because it's the only area of the team of s- semi that feels like it's pretty much in place for this season. You can talk about the let's talk about the Padres lineup. You can't. No. Yeah, how about Be- the outfield? Because we don't know who's in it. Talk about the rotation. You can sort of, but I think there's still another move or so to be made. The bullpen, I'm guessing, is fairly in place. It lo- and 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 looks dare I say. Pretty damn solid right now. But how do you envision Mike Schilt kind of deploying his pieces? Uh, we'll get into a little bit of that. When we come back, uh, if you missed it, we'll also hear from Trevor Hoffman, what he had to say about it last week when we were out at Fantasy Camp. Get to that coming up next. It's Ben and Woods on San Diego's number one sports station, 97.3 The Fan. Checking the Dodgers expense report lately. Just approved, approved. Yep, yep, yep. Approved. Yep. Sure, 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 sure. Yeah, whatever, whatever you need. Just go yeah. ahead. Yeah. I mean, we've spent so much already. You might as well just go all the way. And they added maybe a, another little piece that they needed yesterday. Uh, if there was an area of concern on a loaded roster, the Dodgers thought they needed a little more starting pitching depth. So I don't know if it's finalized yet, but the Dodgers expected. To ink a deal with right-handed pitcher James Paxton, just a, a one-year contract, uh, expected to be worth eleven to twelve million dollars plus incentives. Paxton had a comeback season last year after uh, years of injury. Went seven and five with a four point five zero ERA for the Boston Red Sox. Wasn't quite the pitcher he was, you know, back with Seattle before the pandemic, uh, before the injuries took hold, but. 7 and 5, 4.50 after not pitching for a couple of seasons is certainly promising enough that, you know, with the Dodgers' luck, he'll probably end up, you know, three ERA guy the next. Oh, yeah. Tyler Anderson, Tony Gonsolin, whatever. Andrew Haney. Yeah, just, <laughs> just add him to the pile, exactly. And uh, notably, uh, according to the people who do such calculations, with that move, the Dodgers have passed the New York Mets for the most expensive roster now in all of baseball, which is saying something because the Mets had a large lead last year over everybody else. But, you know, they shed a couple of salaries at the trade deadline, have not done much during this offseason in terms of free agents. And with all the moves the Dodgers have made, even with the deferred money, uh, their their CBT, their competitive balance tax number, is going to be higher at this point than even the New York Mets. Sure. Yeah, I mean, it was just kind of a matter of time. I don't think they're done yet either. I mean, they're still, still rumored. I, they were really uh, rumored for Josh Hader, and that obviously didn't work. He went to Houston four years, $95 million, or five years, 95, one of the two. Um and there are still a couple of trade possibilities uh, for the Dodgers. I think it's funny to say, even if you look at their roster, if you're a Dodger fan, you're still like, 
Yeah, there's a couple things I wouldn't mind upgrading here and there, and they're obviously uh, committed to doing that this year. But the Paxton deal, one of those where you look at it and go, okay, yeah, I mean, I, I could have seen 15, 16, 20 teams uh, taking that flyer on a James Paxton. But uh, typically guys that are, are in of the same ilk as James Paxton have gone to L.A. and done pretty well for them. But um, they need, you know, they need a left-handed starter. They got one now in James, in James Paxton. So oh, I said right-handed, left-handed. Yeah, yeah. he's left-handed. Um, so yeah, I, I'm, you know, congrats, guys. Uh, meanwhile, Josh Hader was introduced by his new team, the Houston Astros, yesterday. They wouldn't go so far as to just name him the closer, but uh, I, I can't imagine you go and pay that much for Josh Hader and go. Okay, we'll see how you look in the eighth inning and compete for the job. He's going to be closing out games uh, for the Houston Astros last season yet. Even minus Josh Hader, the more I look at the Padres' bullpen... Is this copium? I feel like a little bit, but I'm with you. I'm smoking I, it, The too. more I like what I see. I want, I want to get into what Mike Schilt has to work with and how he may deploy his forces coming up after a check of traffic here on 97.3 The Fam. Start with the biggest caveat when it comes to a bullpen. Caveat emptor, buyer beware. Performance one season does not necessarily translate to performance the next season when it comes to members of a bullpen. Neither does lack of performance. True, true. You have guys that fluctuate. Yep. Part of it is because you're always working with a limited number of innings. You can have a guy who has a good season, but if he has a bad three outings, you know, he gets drilled three times, gives up three or four runs. Yeah. ERA is toast for the year. Six ERA. You he's really actually can't, pretty good. He's actually pretty good. You can't really see it, though, necessarily in the numbers. So there's a lot of variables when it comes to a bullpen. And there's no way you lose Josh Hader. That's not going to hurt at least a little bit. But as I'm looking at the one area of the Padres' 40-man roster that seems fairly set at this point as we approach spring training here in a couple of weeks, I have to say I am I am excited about at least what Mike Schilt has to work with in the bullpen. Of course, you've got just the top six right now. And and we don't know how a couple of the newcomers, you know, the guys from Asia are going to perform. But just knowing you're starting with Robert Suarez, Stephen Wilson, you've got now Yuki Matsui and Wusuk Go, and then coming back is Eniel De Los Santos in the trade uh, that they got uh, earlier in the offseason. And you've got Tom Cosgrove back. To me, that's a good nucleus of six right there. To start with your bullpen. And then the other pieces, like Alex Jacob that we yep. saw a little bit last uh, season, yep. uh, was very exciting. You've got the guys that you picked up from the Yankees who could all work in potentially as longer relievers and innings eaters if they're not in the starting rotation. You put all that together, and honestly, I, I like what I see. Luis Patino is another option that they picked up that uh, maybe just a flyer, but you're not counting on him right now. No, he's, but it's, he's a ninth, tenth option at this point. It's depth. You know, it's depth, and and there are there you know there's a bevy of arms down there, and and the competition in the bullpen, I would imagine, in spring training is going to be fierce uh, amongst these guys. All these guys want a spot. Most of these guys have had a spot in major league bullpens before, other than you know the guys from from other countries, Ben. But um, there's going to be some really really nice competition going down uh, for those those spots. Avila and Waldron are back. If they're not in the starting rotation, they're also you know long options out of the bullpen. So. Morihone is is you know maybe his last shot. Sure, uh, but if there's one area of the Padres roster that looks at least on paper, you can say I feel good about this going into spring training. I'm not, 
I don't think they need to make any more moves necessarily. If you just went with this going into the spring, I'm fairly satisfied. It's definitely the bullpen for the Padres right now. The question is, how are you going to deploy those forces and, you if know you're what? Mike Schultz? It's funny because I'm, I'm, I'm even reluctant uh, to do this this segment because it could definitely come back and probably will come back to haunt us. I feel like every time we've been worried about the bullpen, the bullpen's been great. I feel like every time we've been excited about the bullpen, it's been trash. Um, I think we went into last year saying, you know, the bullpen's going to be great. I mean, and then Garcia was not Garcia. Honeywell had flashes of of being pretty good. Now, Tom Cosgrove was a huge surprise to all of us uh, and really had a nice season for the Padres last year. So I'm I'm reluctant to do it, but it's something that needs to be done uh, because, again, you know, championships and games aren't won on paper, as we all know very well here. Um, that being said, it's the one area. You can't even look at the infield. And go, I feel great about the infield. Yeah, you got some great players, but who's playing first base? You know, the catching core, you're like, okay, yeah, Campy's there. And Higashioka, outfield is a, a wasteland. You know, but really, it's the uh, the rotation is kind of a mess. It's the only thing you can look at to this team and go, okay, this could be off the board right now. You probably don't need to go nuts adding uh, any other arms. You probably like what you have. I think for me, as I look at these guys, the one question is, who is going to be able to take over the ninth inning role? Everyone that I listed has, you know, either in the Asia or here, has succeeded in a setup role at times. Steven Wilson has been a good seventh inning guy, occasionally pitched the eighth inning. Tom Cosgrove stepped up and did it. Obviously, Robert Suarez has done it for the Padres in the past. Uh, Eniel De Los Santos has done it with other teams. And then, of course, you've got the two guys coming in, Go and Matsui from Asia, who were closers, but have the kind of stuff that you think is is going to play, at least in the seventh and eighth inning. You've got a ton of options in the seventh and eighth innings. But who is that guy that's going to actually pitch the ninth inning? And is it necessary to really name someone and identify someone that's going to be your ninth inning guy? Um, you know, the, the analytics crowd will tell you it's probably not that important. You want to go with your best matchups, save the guy who's going to face the correct part of the lineup in the ninth inning. But when we talked last week to Trevor Hoffman when we were out at fantasy camp, and I brought up that possibility of the closer by committee. Let the matchups dictate when you use guys. If you're facing tough lefties in the seventh inning, bring in the lefty in the seventh inning. You don't necessarily have to save him to be the closer every single time. Trevor pushed back on that as, uh, you know, the Hall of Fame qualifications certainly allow him to do. I wanted to get your th- whether it's necessary or not to actually name a closer for the ninth inning in, in the modern day of baseball. It now. might not be needed to be named in spring training or coming out, but I think the dust settles. You have somebody that you get used to back there. It allows you to set everything else up, settle into their roles, and there's comfortability and, and knowing where you're going to be at. So that's just how I've seen bullpens work is when everyone has an idea of their role, everyone kind of settles in. But uh, to do the by committee, you're, you're on pins and needles for the three hours that you're sitting out there waiting to see if the phone rings and who's it going to be. Yeah, I like that. That uh, you never really think about it from his perspective, and and the guys out there in the pen, you know. And I, I you talk about master communicators that that some managers are. Um, they told us, you know, all the guys that played for Boach said Boach was really good about letting you know if you were a bench player or a guy in the pen, you know, hey, this is what I'm thinking for you today, tomorrow, whatever. But 
when you're dad, like Trevor, Trevor knew. He's like, I don't have to do one thing until the, let's call it the sixth inning. Then I need to start getting loose, getting hot, whatever, uh, based on the, the situation of the game. I think it's important. Um, I think I think that it that it giving God make letting guys know what they need to do on a daily basis is important. You can't be married to it though. Guy's gone four days in a row. You know, if Matsui's pitched the eighth four days in a row, he's probably not gonna go on the fifth day. I you know, I was gonna make that kind of same point. And obviously Trevor is Right, and Trevor knows way more than I'm ever going to know. But I feel like I pushed back on Goose, Hall of Fame closer, and I'm going to push back on Trevor just a little bit based on... nerd, too. Thank you. (laughs) And if Trevor's listening, he can call me a nerd if he wants as well. But, yes, I I see the value in in establishing roles and getting guys to know what their role is going to be, and that is very helpful. But in baseball... You always have to be flexible. If the closer has been used three days in a row, someone else is going to have to step into that role yep. the fourth day. Or, like you said, if a guy's been used in the eighth inning or he pitched two innings the day before, you always have to have guys who are able to move from the sixth to the eighth inning or from the eighth to the ninth in a certain situation. It's a 162-game oh. season. Everybody has to get a certain level of comfortability in changing their roles over the course of the year. We we see it even in successful bullpens. When guys get hurt and go on the injured list, your sixth inning guy becomes your seventh inning guy. Your seventh inning guy becomes your eighth inning guy. Steven Wilson bounced around a ton last year. Sixth inning, eighth inning, seventh inning, because, well, sometimes he was the best arm out there, and other times there were three or four other guys who, who were pitching better than he was, and you have to... You have to be flexible as a manager, as a as a bullpen coach, when you're kind of looking at what you've got available, the totality of your bullpen, and best deploy it to try to win as many games as possible. I'll say it. I've said it before. I'll say it again until the day I die. Managing a bullpen has got to be the most frustrating, impossible, anxiety-ridden thing that a manager has to do. Period. The end. There's just It would be the thing that would keep me up at night. You know, a football game, hey, man, all hands on deck. We're going balls to the wall for the entire 60 minutes, and we're going to go crazy. Bro, the the thought in your head of four games down the road, ooh, that's a guy that we've handled pretty good. I may not need the bullpen. You know what I mean? Like, you just you have to think so many moves ahead. And, look, that's why you stack a bullpen with 20 guys and, and, and hope that they're all semi-effective. Um, I can't tell you, like, you know, we. I think I've defended. I think I will always defend a manager, all they, regardless of who it is. If I like them, if I don't like them, I will always defend a manager, Ben, when it comes to managing a bullpen. Always, because it's just got to be impossible. It damn near feels like luck sometimes. Really, you know, I'm, my gut tells me he can get through. He's gone two days in a row, but my gut tells me he's ready. And the look in his eyes said he was ready. It's got to be. It's got to keep these guys up at night. And I've got to imagine that even for experienced managers, even a guy like Mike Schilt, yeah, most of the bullpen decisions kind of take care of themselves. Sure. If you put a guy in first couple of games, first couple of save opportunities in the ninth inning, and he gets the job done. You're going to just keep throwing him out there in the ninth inning. You're not going to make major changes if things are working. But here's the problem. What if he do, what if he does blow, like Suarez? I think blew his very first save. He did in Arizona. Had, remember? Yeah. Had nobody given him another chance to come back and say? If you looked at that and said, "Oh, he clearly can't handle it," 
he doesn't get all those saves that year that he had him parlaying that into a huge contract, right? So that's the other. When they when they succeed, it's easy. What do you do when they fail a couple of times? Well, the good news Demoted? is if there is some struggles, you should have plenty of options of guys that you can try in different roles. Oh, yeah. Now, yeah, you don't want to be juggling everybody every day. You want to know going into the game, hey, here's our plan, 7th, 8th, ninth inning today. But if that plan is different the next day, you got to be okay with that as well. Yeah. Hey, next day, here's our plan. Be ready for it. Be comfortable with it. Here's what we're looking at. Because, honestly, I think there are days when Tom Cosgrove may come in in the 5th inning to yeah. get a key left-hander out. 100%. And there are days where you might want to save him for the 8th inning as a setup guy against certain lineups. And you're going to have to get used to that. I can't wait to talk to Mike Schilt about this at spring training. Because because it is it remains one of the more fascinating jobs a manager has. All right, uh, we're going to come back. Hour number two, take on Woods. Woods has uh, lost for the first time this year. Happened yesterday. Will it be two in a row as we try to qualify a listener for Las Vegas? We get the Aztecs tonight against Wyoming. Looking at that matchup. All coming up next, Ben Woods here on 97.3 The Fan. Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. You'll be glad you did.